Jim Shoemaker, Frank Lacarica, and Jim Whitehead are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated, securities dealer, member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Helping you make the most of your money. It's time for Talk Money. Here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And good morning. Welcome to the program. Whether you're a baby boomer or a millennial, it doesn't seem to matter. A common concern is always money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Welcome to Talk Money. Well, our program today is just packed. We're going to talk about some fundamentals of wealth management. We're going to talk about what it takes to be a communication expert when it comes to finances and money when you're a newlywed. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, let me tell you what, we have got some people here today that are going to guide us through some very fundamental problems when it comes to being, it's June, so we're talking about weddings. So if you happen to be that newlywed, know somebody that's newlywed or going to get be a newlywed this summer, you don't want to miss this part of the program because we're going to talk about some of the biggest issues that newlyweds have when it comes to finances. Let me get started and introduce our guest. I have Frank Lacarica with us. Jim, thanks for having me. And Jim Whitehead. Welcome to the program, guys. Thanks, Jim. All right. Now, guys, when we talk about newlyweds, Frank, I mean, this is, uh, you know, it's this communication experts. I mean, you've dated, you've gone through the romance, and they tell us that people, whether I say it every day, I mean, all the time, every program, that literally talking about money for some people can be extremely difficult. It is. And <clears throat> for whatever reason, you know, it, it seems to be a, a, a difficult conversation to, to, to have. And I don't know why that is, but it's something we need to talk about uh, early on in the relationship to make it's going to it's going to make your married life significantly better. <laughs> married. Well, you know, the problem, though, I think with a lot of people, let's talk about kids. Let's talk about where we're going to live. Let's talk about the car we're going to drive, the 65 inch TV. But I don't want to talk about money. That's a personal thing. It is. Uh, every and, and, and everything revolves around it, whether it's, you talked about it, the TV, whether it's a trip, whether it's our honeymoon, whether it's the type of car we drive, whether it's how much house we can afford, whether it's where do we send our kids to school. <laughs> That's a lot How of much stuff. can we buy in groceries? Can I get the extra tub of ice cream <laughs> this sure, week? Sure, right. I, there's uh, that's it, a personal thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> it may be an essential thing. <laughs> it's essential. But, you know, this is an issue when you talk about it. I know you've got a statistic that says the people that not, not t- that, that struggle with marriage. Pe- pe- people that I mean, money, argue, me. we'll just say ar- discuss. People that discuss, heatedly discuss money uh, once a week are 30 times more likely to divorce than those that don't. 30 times. 30 you know, times. 30 times. Now, my wife and I, when we first got married, which was just the day before yesterday, um, we, you know, we, <laughs> hey, guys, I'm going to be honest. I'm celebrating 49 years of marriage. Congratulations. All to the same woman, too. That's right. a good thing. You Seven know? years this past Monday. This, this Friday, we'll be married 49 years. And I have to say, when we got married, discussing money was very difficult for us. I mean, I came from a German background, my mom, dad. And money, frugal. She never called me frugal. She didn't. My wife didn't. She said I was tight. <laughs> tight. Yeah. Tight. Just purely tight. You know? She wasn't nice about it. You know, <laughs> right. But she communicated with me. You know, yeah. I mean, it was. A, and I have to admit that I could squeeze the buffalo on a nickel till it could. It, I made it sit down. You know, right. I, mean, I was so tight. 
But I think the reality that we learned over our time of marriage was to communicate, to openly be transparent. And honestly, that's difficult. It's difficult. And so you hit the nail on the head. It's communicate. It's learning about your your spouse's experiences with it. If you get married younger, chances are you, you, you haven't had a, a, a lot of time to earn money, to, to get set in your ways. But if you're in your mid-30s when you get married— early 30s, you've had a career for 10, maybe 15 years. That's a you're, whole other ballgame. You're, right? <laughs> you're used to doing things your way. You're used to spending money your way. You know, um, what I'm hearing y'all say a lot of times is we marry the opposite person. Oh, you can't, you and, think? <laughs> and how do finances come to play when you're can, talking you imagine, different language? Hey, can you imagine two of him in the same house? <laughs> hey, now. I'm right next to him in the office, Jim. I have one right. is enough. Exactly. Right. Thank you very much. Anyway, you know, in the financial world, we think of opposites as spenders and savers, mm. right? And so we automatically are at conflict when we're thinking about where we want to go as a family unit. What do we want to save for? What are the priorities in our budget? And so there's always conflict and and controversy and decisions that are historically different. Uh, That's a great point, getting to it. And more often than not, you have the the spender setting the budget— and then walking away and ignoring it. Um, <laughs> right. To your point, it's it, it it's it, the dynamics are totally different. You have you have you agree to, to we're going to do things this way, and then it's up to one person to manage that, and the other person pays little to no attention to it. You know, I had somebody that recently I was talking to, and it was very obvious. And years ago, we talked about you know who was responsible in the home to manage the dollars to kind of control the finances. And sometimes we would put somebody in charge because we thought that was the right person. In reality, as I listened to this couple, it was obvious, no question, she had the best understanding of the finances. He did not have a clue. And and really, they had learned in their marriage, and we had been coaching him a little bit, that uh, his role was to let her listen to her. So let's start with this. When you talk about some fundamentals that people, newlyweds, newlyweds that are getting married, that they need to have, start with me, Frank. What do you say to them first and foremost? Well, first and foremost, it sounds cliche, but put everything on the table. Is we that communication? Is it, that well, just... it, it, this, 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 the secret to a healthy marriage is communication, Jim, but oh, communication uh, around, around you know, finances is difficult. I've told that I'm not a very good person at that, you know? I mean, communication? Well, you yeah. struggle at times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, she said, I said, you know, am I better at listening? Yeah. It, <laughs> and it, it, and she says, no. <laughs> I got it. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> how, much money does, how much money does each person make? Uh, does, do they make? How much debt do you have? Is someone coming into the marriage with student loans? Was someone fortunate not to have student loans? Are there credit cards at play? Learn about the benefits of your job. I mean, some jobs offer benefits that, that help with that. There, Some companies offer uh, uh, classes, courses on basic money management. Yeah, financial wellness type stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're talking financial about wellness. that. What was growing up like for each person? Was some, did someone come, uh, to your point earlier, from, from a, a family with plenty and someone that was maybe wanting a little bit? Um, it, understanding all that information helps you make decisions around money with your spouse because this is, this is important stuff. But, Frank, don't you find that sometimes when we say that, I mean, let's just take this newly married or, newly married or getting married couple. Mm-hmm. They go through all kinds of counseling. They go through all kinds of guidance. they got parents helping, you know, sometimes conflict there maybe. Mm-hmm. they got siblings maybe helping, friends and neighbors. It, are you saying that this couple should get out by themselves alone and just have an open 
honest, transparent conversation? Is that what you're saying? I, I, I think I think removing biased sources would, would, would be beneficial. I think working work with an advisor. Get somebody it, it, to guide you, a mediator? A mediator. Exactly. That's good. Well, yeah, an advisor, a mediator to sit down. So, someone who's spent time doing this that knows, hey, here are some things you need to be cognizant of. That's a good Here's point. Here's some things right. that can help Yeah, you. I think coaching is a, is a good term here. Um, helping both of them see where both both of them have come from. Um, it's not uncommon that sometimes one of the, um, the married couple is, you know, they get help from the parents. And they've been getting help from the parents their whole life, but this other you know, spouse does not. So that would be foreign. So being able to talk those things through before they happen, having a plan of action before the occurrence comes into place is, you know, I've learned a long time ago, if you're working on the same goal, you're not arguing. But if you're working on two different goals, you take it personal. Oh, no kidding. And selfishness can really create a problem right. in any marriage. Selfishness can, and sometimes that is what happens. When we come back, guys, one of the biggest issues that I think we have is uh, in-laws. <laughs> right. Parents and in-laws right. that become the guidance counselor, the financial counselor, and that can be extremely difficult. So I want to talk about that as you're going through this transparency. If you just tune in, my guest this morning, we're talking about finances and newlyweds. It's June. Everybody gets married in June. Not everybody, but a lot of folks get married in June. So when we come back, Frank Lecarica and Jim Whitehead will continue our discussion on finances and newlyweds. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information is not investment advice or a recommendation. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. And welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. My guests, Frank Alecarica and Jim Whitehead, we're talking about newlyweds and finances. It's um, it's just that month. It's the month of June. There's there's bells in the air. There's there's the weddings and and flowers and <laughs> what else? <laughs> it's just a great time. Right. You know what do you think, guys? No, no uh, more bubbles. No it's more. hot. Right. It's hot. <laughs> it's hot. You're right. All right, guys. You talked about communication. Now I thought about this, and I know that we've had. I've had to kind of pull some parents off some kids before and uh, said, you know, let them figure this out. But you talked about a mediator. Sometimes in-laws and outlaws can become a problem, Frank, where they where they kind of want to control or they're, they're, they're doing it. They don't even sometimes realize they're doing it. What do you say to the young couple? It, it, it's, it comes from a place of love. I don't think it's done, you know, in order to inject themselves or to cause cause separation or drive a wedge. It's done because out of love, we want to spare, you know, our children sure. the, the pains that we have discovered, the pains <laughs> that we have discovered along the way. I like that. Oftentimes, we just have to learn it ourselves. But so much of it is establishing goals. You come into a you come into a marriage and or a relationship, and you have two people with two separate goals, establishing common goals, something you work on together will help you worry less about the money issues if you're working towards a common goal. You know, I I read and we were thinking about the program, 70% of divorces today, according to Divorce Stats and Facts, the reality was money-related. 
Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is get it all on the table, open the communication, and then establish a, use the word, common goal. Now, is that saving money? Is that, when we talk about it, we're going to talk about in a few minutes some wealth, fundamentals of wealth accumulation. And I know saving money, Jim's going to be one of the topics you're going to talk about. But but what do you mean when you say a common goal? Is this, is this a common philosophy? It could be a philosophy. It could be It could be an object. It could be saving for your first home together. It could be Saving for a boat. That's a great it could idea. Be, it could be establishing a, uh, an emergency. Everybody should have an emergency fund, but it's making sure that both parties are on board with it. If one person says, hey, I want 10000 and one person says, I want twenty, you you're going to have some issues there, establishing common goals. It doesn't have to revolve You know, I, I have to say this. My wife and I, when we first got married, our bed, you know, we had a, you know, it was her bed. When she was a 15-year-old girl. <laughs> and so you can imagine it was a poster bed. It was white. It had pink flowers on it. Nice. So we had, we developed a common goal, goal to buy a bedroom suit. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted anything but that white bed. You know what I mean? So a common goal. I really get mm-hmm. that. And it we, we actually, my wife was so great about this. We said we, we spent the time, we, we sit down, we figured it out, and we said it's going to cost us $1,000. I don't remember what it was. And she actually said, here's some pictures of what I think we ought to look for. Mm. And it really did help me understand her objective as much as it was easy for me to save the money, but I wanted to know her objective. It's a great point. Yeah, and, and it's exciting to, to see goals Come to fruition. It was exciting getting rid of the white bed for me. I'll be and, honest with you. And what, well, yeah, but what a powerful, what a powerful oh. way to to build your life together, to strengthen a relationship, yep. to to set goals and to accomplish goals. All right, I want to talk about budgeting. I want to make everybody understand one of the things that Linda and I did, and I shared this with you guys, and it's one of the things that we've done and we still do. We started out early in our marriage, taking a first week or second week of weekend of January. And we would leave town, and we would go up to – we usually would go up to Cape Girardeau, Missouri. I don't mind telling you. And there was a holiday in up there that had a holodome, and you could we could set out where the pool was. And, you know, we, I don't care how it was snowing or cold or whatever. And we wrote out our financial plan for the year. Hmm. And that was our open-door type of communication. And we did it every year. And we had a book. We had a book that we would look at how we do it. And that became kind of a standard for us. And I appreciate what you said. It opened the door for us to communicate. No, there were not always great personal conversations where we agreed, but we didn't leave the the, the hotel coming home without agreeing to what we were going to work for, whether it was a one-year goal or three-year goal. Now, people say, well, that's not very romantic. Trust me, we had a great <laughs> time doing it because it really did open our communication. And when we struggled or had problems or whatever, we could go back to that. So I appreciate you saying open communication, establishing a goal. What would you say is third? Budgeting. Budgeting. That's the hard part for that, a lot that, of people. That's the difficult part because you have, you have, the, you have the things you, you have to have. You have to have the. You have to have your a place to live. You have to have food. You know. You have to have your car insurance. You you have to have your insurance. Like you have. There's things you have to have, and then there's things you want to have. Um, the budget has to cover things you must have, and then if you have ancillary things left over after savings, you get to talk about the fun stuff, the stuff you want to have. What you want to do, right. the, the, the yeah. 65-inch grid, you know, color TV yeah. and the sound system. I got it, guys. Here's the problem. We talk about. We made this so simple. 
I mean, open communication, okay? That's simple. Establish a common, unified goal that everybody can work on, and then establish a budget. Those are three basic fundamentals, and yet we know people that don't do that. I, I know people that do what we do that don't do that. Right. <laughs> it's, uh, doctors make the worst patients. Sure, um, and and, and the, the reality is it, it's not – these aren't challenging things to accomplish. They just take time and they take effort. Uh, and, and I think what, what it boils down to is, is the communication and the working together. I think the most important thing, and that's what Jim said, was, was a common goal. You, you accomplish goals together. It's, it's something you can enjoy together. It's a win together. And it, 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 it enables you to move on to other things. You go, hey, if we can do this, what's next? Well, let's move to what's next. I think that's the key. What's next? And, Jim, you wanted to talk to you about fundamentals of just successful wealth management. And so many times people, they get bogged down, really, this early stage of their marriage, They get and they lose sight that they do need a common goal out there, whether it's retirement, a college education, a second home, a vacation, all that's part of it. So tell us kind of where we are when it comes to successful fundamentals now of successful wealth management. I'm sure the three that he's just talked about are all part of what you would talk about. Oh, of about. course. You know, but, you know, in today's world, we want the get rich quick. Um, we watch on TV where people just, you know, they the lottery, money, they yeah. lottery, the lottery uh, yep. you know, they, they sign that baseball scholarship or, you know, go to the, the major leagues. And that's just not what happens, right? You know, when we save pennies for a long time, we keep them. But when we get something really quick, we, quickly, we lose it over and over. Have you watched? I, I won a lot of money in the lottery and now I'm broke, <laughs> right? Have you seen that <laughs> show? Yeah. Well, it's out there. You know, I want to start off and say the easiest thing that we can remember is that we must save to protect and save to invest, right? Everybody's always heard, take some off the top, put it to the side, do the right things with it. You know, we have to be able to understand that we need a safety net for today and tomorrow, right? That starts with the emergency fund. Are we as a couple, do we know what that goal is? And pick one, pick it. I don't care, whoever has the highest one, pick it. Now let's save and put money into that account for if we lose our job or if my spouse loses their job or one of us gets sick, or one of the kids gets sick, or the car blows up, or the tree falls on the house. You know, there are so many things. You know, it's not if it's going to happen, it's when it's going to happen, and you have to be prepared. All right, when you talk about that safety net, Frank, what, what were you going to say? It's, it's, it reminds me there's a, there's a commercial out there that has the, it has the little line that everybody follows through from you getting married, uh, there's your kids, and there's your house, and there's retirement. It doesn't where where on there is your air conditioner blowing up? Where right. on there is, you know, a kid snapping a leg? Where on there is your car needing tires? Well, that was brutal right. snapping a leg. They, right. It happens. Yeah. Life life happens. If you're not prepared for it, it can cause issues. Well, issues and issues that if you're as you said, if you're not prepared and it can be a train wreck and create all kinds of problems right. financially. Yeah, yeah. And so building a safety net. I like the thought of a safety net. The idea behind a safety net, that, that's a good idea. So when you talk about that, you're talking about income, loss of income, loss of property damages or health. The right. air conditioner goes out. That's you right. know, this past Saturday morning, I got up, and for some reason, my air conditioner in one part of our house didn't want to cool, and it was not a cool day. Nope. Right. Well, Frank and, I, Frank and I were just talking about, you know, replacing the roof. That's not cheap, mm. right? And where do, who who has that money sitting on the sideline to say, oh, I just need to replace this ten or twenty or five thousand dollar roof? 
you know, those things come up. They're not emergencies, but when they happen, it feels like an emergency because we weren't prepared. Well, I, I, I think that's good. We need to make sure people understand. If you set a common goal, as you talked about earlier, this also could be very critical that you're setting something of a financial safety net. This is not a savings account to buy the 65-inch TV. That's correct. This is savings for emergencies. I want to come back. I want to ask you how much money is that? Is that $1,000 or $10,000 or $100,000? That's important. People need to know that. If you just tuned in, my guest, Frank Lacarica and Jim Whitehead, we're talking about fundamentals of successful wealth management. And with newlyweds, that's important. Stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money on KWAM, the mighty 990. My guests, Frank Lacarica and Jim Whitehead, we've been talking about literally newlyweds and finances and then the fundamentals of successful wealth management. But let me tell you what's coming up in the latter part of the program. We have some guests from the city and here that is executive director of the Miracle League. And you want to find out what am I talking about when I say the Miracle League. That's coming up in the last part of the program. Stay with us. All right, guys, here we are. We have covered some things that newlyweds, Frank, you did a great job of what they need to be. And you talked about communication, getting it all on the table, transparency. I should have gotten Grace to come in here from (laughs) earlier and let her. She's a newlywed and let her tell her how all the communication is going great. That would have been a thing to do. Should have done that. But so communicate, communicate, communicate. That's first. Then you talked about establishing Common goals, common not goals. not goals that are my goal. You know, I want a I want a bass boat. <laughs> you know, she may not want that. She may not. She may, can we ski behind that yeah, bass boat? Pull a tube. So the reality is, is common goals that you're working. I talked about my wife and I going up and spending time together, working through that process, which was difficult the first couple of times. She comes from a different, totally different background from from what I come from, and that was a that was why we. And I don't know why we were doing that. God just led us to do that, and that became a very integral part of our marriage, and and that was good for us. So setting common goals, making sure we're communicating. Then you talked about a budget, a budget that's workable for both people. Both people. And then we leaned in, and Jim, you kind of took over and immediately said a financial safety net that covers income problems, loss of income, loss of property, loss of health, all those emergencies. The question, how much? How much of us this financial safety net do I have to set aside that I cannot touch Except unless it's an emergency. The textbook says three to six months of expenses. So, for example, if your expenses per month are three thousand for either you or your family, whichever is bigger, then you want somewhere between nine and eighteen thousand. And usually, what happens when you're in a discussion with with a, with a couple, you, you figure out where the pain point is. And so, if your wife says eighteen is the number, well, that's probably the number. So, pick the higher number. The one that makes us feel safe is where we need to get to. A lot of times people say, well, wow, that's a big number. What do I do? Mm. So with that, what do I do? <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm assuming you're going to say 
Start saving That's money. Right. That's <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. Start. Was, hey, you know, I I didn't fall off the wagon yesterday. It was the day before yesterday, but I didn't fall <laughs> off well, yesterday. You'd be amazed how many people can't start. Really? Right. And so I think you have to start with fundamentally, this is a habit. I'm going to be committed to prioritizing that we as a family unit, both spouses, are going to save money. And our common goal that Frank's talking about is, hey, let's get to that, in this example, nine to 18000 as quickly as possible. But, Jim, I've got this I need to do. That's Jim, correct. I've got... I want a bass boat. I, I want a bass boat. But, Jim, <laughs> I want a TV. But, Jim... Wanna, yeah. Well, thank I, you, Frank, because the second thing is, after being committed, <laughs> we have to avoid all the... Excuses. Excuses. The it. reasons, right? The other one is, well, you know, I don't know how to do that, or I have all these other things I mm-hmm. must do. We're talking about save first, spend second. I mean, it's, it's age-old listen, listen to me, listen to me. Here we are. We're newlyweds, or we're trying to develop this whole fundamental, successful wealth management type program. Uh, I didn't come from a savings family. Uh, I'm the husband or I'm the wife, and I, that's not – we spend it. So how do I change? What What are you talking about? I'm going to here? tell you the easiest way that I've ever found, and that's make it automatic. Ah, okay. That Turn makes it sense. on. You know, go and say from my checking account, I'm going to put fifty dollars into my savings account every month. So make it take it off the table. Take it off the table. Make it where you're you're spending. Hey, spend all of what you didn't save. There's a oh, concept. That sounds, that's it's a like concept. The easiest the easiest way to save for retirement in your 401k. Pull it out of your paycheck. That's right. If it hits your bank account, you're not going to save it. Take it right. out ahead of time. If you don't see it, you don't miss it. Okay. I like it. Automation is what you're saying. That's right. And I tell everybody, start easy. Start with a habit that you think you can do, and then save until it hurts. So if yours is $25 a month, next month, go to 50 At some point, go until you're like, okay, I can't do anymore. And then start to run that budget. It's a new budget because maybe you're saving $100 a month that you didn't. Your mercy fund is going to start to grow. Do you find when you guys are counseling people that one of the members of the family is pretty good at this and the other one struggles? You talked about opposite attract and things like that. Or do you find that sometimes they just neither one think about the discipline and the habit of saving money? Oh, man, it's all across the board. Okay. I, I, I see one who never wants to talk about it, one who always wants to talk about it, two who always argue about it, right? Every once in a while you have a couple who they love it. They're working together. Guess what? They're doing what Frank said. They're talking about it. They're finding common ground, and they get excited. You know, nothing's exciting about saving $25 a month or $50 a month. Let's <laughs> Especially just be when you can't go spend it on a vacation. Right, when you yeah. didn't get to buy that Burger King Whopper or whatever and gain weight. But when you look over there and you have 3000 or 4000 and you've never done that before. It's exciting. That's exciting. That's when this family can start getting exciting about their goals. Or you have an emergency and you got money to go and use that for the emergency. Right. Whether it's an income loss, a loss of your job, health problems, whether you've got an air conditioner that went out. This is not saving money for the Christmas. This is, you know, by the way, I want to make a financial statement. (laughs) This is a strong, this is a financial show. We need to make this statement. Christmas, believe it or not, Christmas comes every December the 25th. Do you know that? Did y'all get that? You don't have to use a credit card. You can plan you for can what save you're gonna, for it. Yeah, you can save exactly for it. Exactly what we're talking I about. I think that's a shocker for most people because we see a lot of credit card debt in some, January. Some of the best savers, they do that. They put $75 a month away starting in January, and then lo and behold, what happens? They have $1,000. Hey, spend I may get profound here in a few minutes. Either. Let's talk <laughs> about risk. Risk and fundamentals of wealth management. Reality, managing risk, Jim. 
Yeah, you know, we always want to make sure that we're managing two types of risk. What happens today? And then how does my money grow for tomorrow? And we've been talking about how do we manage the um, risk of something going wrong today. That's save to protect. That's build the emergency fund. There's another risk that says at one point in life, I may not have enough money to live off of. And when my income will stop, I'll only have Social Security. And we're going to talk about the risk of not having money later. And so when we talk about long-term wealth, we're going to talk about the easiest place that I think, Frank, you talked about just a minute ago. Let's put some money in my retirement account. If I don't have a retirement account at work, let's start an IRA or a Roth IRA. Same principle. Start saving a little bit. Build a small habit. Let the habit grow. And then let's manage those investments inside there. I like to talk to everybody about four things. What's the purpose of your money? What are you saving it for? Is it to protect the family or is it to grow wealth later? When do you need it? That's time. How long do I want it to last? Hopefully, it always is there, right? <laughs> no one wants to die broke. Right. Let's leave somebody some money so that we're not eating um, what we don't want when we're older. Vienna sauce. Right? <laughs> Third, risk. How do we feel about our money's growth or loss in the market? An emergency fund is protected, but it doesn't grow much. Our long-term wealth should grow based off our risk and how we feel about that movement in the market. How do you feel about the market today? Last is what are the costs? The taxes all involved with the growth of our money. How do we manage that throughout this period of time that we want to have something when our income stops? So when you talk about risk, I would say look at it from today's perspective first, and then also let's look at it how we're going to make our money grow. Guys, that's great. That's great information. I, I to tell you, you've covered a plethora of, of knowledge here and a lot of information. And I think if you'd like to talk to these guys, simply just give them a call at 757-5757. It's Jim Whitehead and Frank Lecarica. Uh Great information. I mean, and we started with the newlywed. And I think what we're trying to say to our listeners, bottom line is start early. Start early. If you haven't started, it's never too late. Yeah, that's great, important information. So if you were going to sim- summarize, what would you say, Frank? What you would you start early? <laughs> never, never, that's <laughs> never. good. Well, you could, you could, you can do the hard stuff now and make it easy later, or you can do the easy stuff now and make it hard later. Oh, that's, that's hey, that's profound, Jim. Can you live, top, can yeah, you top that? Uh, let's try. <laughs> live differently today, so you can live differently tomorrow. Oh, that's like even that better. Right? Hey, you guys are good. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate you being with us today. We've been talking with Frank Lacarica and Jim Whitehead, newlyweds and finances and fundamentals of successful wealth management. Guys, this is a tremendous program. You can, of course, listen to this program again. Just simply go to iTunes, search for Shoemaker Financial, and all you got to do is punch it, and you've got the whole program back on. The, you can listen to the podcast. And uh, feel free to do that. Coming up, when we come back, I've got two guys, three guys, actually. From We're going to talk about the Miracle League of Memphis and what it's doing or going to do for our city. You don't want to miss the terminology Miracle League. Do you remember that? Stay with us. We'll be back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Neither Shoemaker Financial nor Securian Financial Services are affiliated with Nick Walker, the City of Memphis, Eddie Hatcher, or the Miracle League. The views and opinions expressed are those of Eddie Hatcher and Nick Walker only and have not been presented on behalf of or endorsed by Securian Financial Services Incorporated or Shoemaker Financial. Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money on KWAM, the mighty 990. My guest in the studio, we are just blessed to have three very 
super sharp men, I tell you. I, mean, that's, I don't get to say that very often, but this is pretty smart people here. I have Eddie Hatcher, Nick Walker, and Anthony Branch. And Eddie is with the Miracle League of Memphis. He's the executive director. Nick Walker is the parks director for the city of Memphis. And Anthony Branch is the president and CEO, COO of Memphis Leadership Foundation. I'll get it right, Anthony. I'm sorry. <laughs> Welcome to the program, guys. Welcome. Good to be here. They're all here, and they're all ready to go, raring to tell us about (laughs) something that's going on in Memphis as we speak. And I'm going to introduce Eddie. Eddie, I really want you to talk about is the executive director of the Miracle League of Memphis. Just kind of explain it to us. Open the door, let us walk in, and listen to what is the Miracle League. Well, the Miracle League actually got started in 2000. It's a a nonprofit organization that— designed a baseball field for kids who were had special needs. It's a rubberized surface so the kids in wheelchairs, walkers, can actually be on a baseball team and play baseball. Instead of sitting on the sidelines watching, they can actually get out and play baseball. It got started there. They have uh, also got involved with inclusive playgrounds so that kids can get on a playground and play with other children as opposed to sitting on the sidelines and watching the other children play. They play with them and looked into it and decided that we needed to uh, bring something like that here. I got with Nick, and uh, Nick was excited to hear about this, and, and we've been talking ever since. Nick Walker, the Parks Director for the City of Memphis. Nick, now, when he talks about this, I know this has been very important because you mm-hmm. look at special needs. And, you know, the key is this is a – I mean, I've seen some videos, Eddie, that you sent me and some things. This is a big deal, and it really does Huge. impact this particular need in our city. It does, and, and, and it speaks to – and, Eddie, and I have talked about this – that the need for this greatly outstrips uh, our capacity to do things for it. Um, and so if you go around the city, you know, I, we've got somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 playgrounds right now. None of them are adaptable uh, or usable primarily for children with special needs. We have uh, special needs swings. Uh, a lot of our equipment is uh, all of our playgrounds are ADA so that they have a play surface that you can roll onto, but that's as far as we go. So when Eddie started talking about uh, an adaptive or modular playground where things can be moved around to meet the needs of the children. I just my eyes lit up, um, and I said, "Let's figure out a way to do this because it's something we've wanted to do." And the city is behind it a hundred percent. I mean, from your yes. chair, you're looking at it as the parks director. Now, you said there's playgrounds that yes. a child, especially each child, can go, mm-hmm. but this is really Eddie. You're saying, and both you guys are saying, this is ex- just exclusive for them. I mean, it's it's their no, playground. It's, no. The great news no. is that it's nope. it's both. Okay. Uh, so children of, of regular, uh, that, that are not special needs children, uh, would want to use it. They're fun playgrounds. Okay. But it, but it balances the playing field to where both children can use it at the same time, which takes the stigma away so that it's not just a playground for children oh, that's with special important. needs. So you've got a special needs child. I've got a friend of mine that has a special needs child mm-hmm. with an older sister. Yep. They go play together then is what you're saying. The, the key is that they play together. Yep. Uh, they're on the same equipment together. You know, you're talking about the, the – Nick was talking about the swings. It's not just a swing specifically for the, the special needs child – the the sister gets on the equipment yep. with it. The mother and dad sit with them. They swing with them. And, yep. and instead of uh, like you, you you normally will swing a child in, from the back and you don't see their face, this way you're swinging with them. With you them. get to, to actually enjoy it with them. So there's a huge need. This is the Miracle League of Memphis. My guest, Eddie Hatcher, Nick Walker, who's the parks director of the city of Memphis, 
and Anthony Branch, President and CEO of Memphis Leadership Foundation. Anthony, what is the involvement with the Memphis Leadership Foundation? Well, Memphis Leadership Foundation, we function as an on-ramp for programs to come on board so that we can work with them to build their capacity so that they can um, uh, ramp up to get going and be successful in the community. And as we look at Miracle League, we see that this is a, 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 a adventurous uh, adventure for students and young people to come on board to to to, to reach their capacity. And so this is a great work that the city of Memphis is, is partnering with, and we're excited about being a part of this so that we can make sure that we help to transform lives in the city of Memphis. That's important. I mean, I know the Memphis Leadership Foundation has been a many, many, many years impacting the city. And so you see by, by supporting this, you're impacting a group of people that I'm not going to say has not been taken care of. I'm not meaning to say that. But in reality, we maybe haven't been as effective at that. Yeah. Now, and this is something that Eddie and I were talking about earlier as well, which is in the city of Memphis, there are facilities like this. Uh, and so we don't want to give the impression that uh, particularly uh, daycares or facilities that are built for children with special needs, um, and, and a lot of folks know who those are, but they are not um, set up for the public. And that's really the differentiator um, because if my family moves here and I have a child with special needs, I don't necessarily know unless I go to that facility, where's a place that I can take my children and play. And so by making it available at a public playground is huge um, for all the reasons that we talked about before, but also because we're adding that into the lexicon. All right, Mr. Director Parks in the city, where is this program going to be? So the the plan, uh, and, and Eddie has worked with some landscape architects and some designers to come up with some preliminary drawings. Uh, is to use one of the three fields, uh, the southernmost field at Toby Field behind uh, the Shelby County Schools uh, slash Parks Administration office uh, on Hollywood, just up the street from uh, the Liberty Bowl. Liberty Bowl and mm-hmm. the Children's Museums. And the Children's Museum. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, when we're actually breaking ground on a $20 million um, youth sports facility uh, over on, as a part of a $200 million investment on the Liberty Bowl campus. But so it's, it is a great location in and amongst a lot of activity for families and children and, and should add to all of that. If you just tuned in, my guest again, Anthony Branch from Memphis Leadership Foundation, Nick Walker from Park, he's the Parks Director for the City of Memphis and the Executive Director for the Miracle League, Eddie Hatcher. And Eddie's telephone number, if you'd like to talk to Eddie, is 901-647-6473. It's 901-647-6473. Now, Eddie, let me let me ask you this. You don't have a special needs child, right? Uh, I don't. I have a special needs grandchild. Grandchild, that okay. That is, is three months old at this okay. point. So really, so you don't have a lot of history with this. No, I really don't. Uh, I just did some, when I found out about the Miracle League and what it was, I looked into it, did the research, and went, we need one of these here. Hmm. And... It's like, you know, people are going, well, you know, why are you doing this? It's like, because it needs to be done. We need it here. We just need it. We need it. You know, yeah. and, and we can impact a lot of families with special needs. And I think we can impact a lot of people who don't have special needs. Uh, I mean, I'll learn, I'll end up learning more about special needs people than, than they'll, you know, they'll teach me more sure. than I'll ever be able to teach them. Makes a lot of sense. And you're talking about a baseball field, mm-hmm. which brings the kids on the 
court on the field to play baseball, yep. and then a playground. Mm-hmm. All this in the complex together. It's not right. two separate complexes. It's one complex together. Yeah, no, and it's this is this is part of the model that the Miracle League has established. It's worked well at other locations, and we're not reinventing the wheel. This is this is a great way to do this. All right, guys, with the Leadership Foundation being a part of it, Anthony, your support is to help them birth this. To help them birth it. We, we incubate uh, organizations, uh, programs, and that's exactly what we're doing so that we can uh, walk side-by-side side with them to make sure that this is a successful um, organization. And that's critical, and you guys have done this multiple times. This is not new to you. Right. We've done it over 30 years. <laughs> 30 years. Yes. All right, Eddie, what do you need, guy? Uh, we need pe- we need participants. Uh, we need people to get excited about this who have special needs children. We need them to get involved with it. We need uh, volunteers. This is going to take a lot of volunteers in order to, to, to get done. And, frankly, we're going to need some funding. Uh, you know, this is this is not free. So financial support, when somebody writes a check, do you write it to the Memphis Leadership Foundation? That would be the best way to do it, That's yes. the best way to do it. So yes. if you need to do yes. that, that's the start. That's critical. And so people coming alongside, I mean, you were telling me that you need parents, obviously, but you need participants, you need coaches. We need, we need coaches. We need uh, uh, team parents. We need buddies, uh, people who are... Uh, just want to help. It, it's somebody who, when the players are playing on the field, each of them will have someone working with them. Those are the buddies. We need those people involved. We need uh, everybody to to just get involved in in a lot of different ways. We've got hundreds of different places we can we can, we just, can take a volunteer. Need volunteers and yes. the Miracle Egg from a Nick from your standpoint of the Parks Commission. You need. We need this to get done. <laughs> we need, we <laughs> need to really see this happen. This really does impact our city. It's it a destination. Yes, sir. 100%. Wow, guys. Thanks so much. I appreciate you being here. The Miracle League of Memphis, it's more than baseball, but it's so important for our city. You've been listening to KWAM, the mighty 990 at FM 107.9 and AM 990. I want to thank my guest, Nick Walker, Parks Director of City of Memphis, Anthony Branch, Memphis Leadership Foundation, and, of course, Eddie Hatcher with the Miracle League, the Executive Director. Also, Frank Lacarica and Jim Whitehead earlier. Next week, Scott Jordan's going to talk about some of the challenges we have with the income planning and what good credit is and why it's important. You don't want to miss that program. That's Wednesday at 9 a.m. and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. right here on KWAM, the mighty 990. If you have questions, send them to Talk Money at ShoemakerFinancial.com. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. We're here every week, guys. Don't remember that. Everybody keep in mind we're always here every week helping you make the most of your money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Jim Shoemaker, Frank Lacarica, and Jim Whitehead are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated, securities dealer, member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.